0: What's up, guys? Welcome back again to the Babylon Pastor Podcast, the only podcast you'll ever need for all aspects of life. Um, part of the Honest Youth Pastor YouTube channel. So you know why, why would you go anywhere else? I'm your host, Michael, and here's your host. <laughs> Rob, hey,
1: so this month, uh, this month I'm actually going to ask the questions, and then we're both going to yeah. deal with the answers, all right? Because, uh, so this is the, this is the why. Uh, so it's confession time. Right. So the why is that we were talking yesterday and yesterday afternoon. Uh, it was late it, afternoon. It, yeah. Late afternoon for you. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we were both kind of like,
0: hmm, what do we talk about tomorrow? <laughs> we got we got to record. I tell you what, we set the bar for preparedness. I mean, yeah, no one. I mean, no right. one's more prepared than us. That's a terrible Donner, yeah. Donald, 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 Donald Trump Donald impression. Donald Duck? I couldn't Donald remember Trump. his last name. This is where I'm at yeah. right now. So,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't remember the former president's name. Fun endeavor this
0: morning. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: but first, so here's here's what happened. So we we're talking about this, and then I I just happened to have uh, my sister in. Uh, my house, my mother and stepfather in the house, and my wife obviously was right there as well. And so I said, "Hey, what do we talk about tomorrow?" <laughs> and so my uh, my family, at least the family that was in the room at the time, um, threw out some questions for us. So this is questions from Rob's Family Month. <laughs> um, but first. I have a surprise for Michael that he doesn't know about. Okay. Um, we're going to ask, we're gonna ask a, uh, an initial and simpler question every episode this month before we get into the real question from my family. Okay. And the initial question is...
0: Oh, hey, free advertisement, guys, from Don't Ask Those Questions. <laughs> what is the best sermon you have ever heard? Well, there was one from Joel Olstein. Uh, that I just feel <laughs> <laughs> okay. Close it. We're done. I'm out. <laughs> best sermon ever, oh, man. I'll tell. You, can, I'm gonna go with best sermon like snidbit ever because uh, I can't think of a sermon. The best sermon ever right now. I'm like I'm trying to go through my head, but the one that I'm thinking of currently was the one that Alistair Beck gave about um, the thief on the cross. And he goes through that whole oh, Yeah. Yeah, he goes through the whole thing where uh, you know the guy gets to heaven and he's like, Why are you here? He's like, the guy, the man in the middle said I could come. And so I think that that clip right there, it's been kind of making the rounds, which is probably why it's in the front of my mind. But that is a really good, I think, ten minute snippet of a sermon. Of from somebody that you could probably literally pick out any of any of their sermons, Alistair Begg, and you're going to get a solid one every single time. So uh, that that's that's what's in the front of my mind right now when I'm thinking about it. Yeah. All right. So so for me,
1: uh, I didn't actually I just picked that card out. (laughs) Well, that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, so I, don't, <laughs> I don't have like a prepared answer for this. But uh, the thing that comes to mind for me, and this is going to be there are there are uh, over the years, obviously, and, and especially over the millennia, there have been literally millions of ridiculously great sermons. So yeah. to pick one, uh, the, the best sermon that I've ever heard is, I think, impossible. But w- the one that I think most recently in life has had a um i'll i'll say profound effect on me um was steve lawson at the ligonier conference two years ago um well no the ligonier conference in march of 2021 um he preached from timothy uh it was really all about preach the word preacher Right. And so it was directed specifically toward uh, pastors or, or preachers and um, and the application for the layperson in the in the uh, chairs at the time was you need to be under this kind of preaching. Um, but it was, dude, just crazy, good, crazy, good, powerful in your what, face. Like what was it called? Lawson. Preach um, the word. Well, I, I don't know if that was the title of it or not. Um, but okay, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. But... Yeah, but it was it super, super good. Mm-hmm. I, like, and I was there, which adds to it.
0: Well, yeah, you um, actually got to see it in person. What in the world? Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was, yeah, super convicting. I actually leaned over to my wife about three quarters of the way through it and said, I need to quit my job. Like because
0: I'm not good at this.
1: I am. I'm never gonna be able to live up to what said
0: <laughs> Okay, little glitch there. Keep going.
1: Glitches, glitches get stitches.
0: What? Um, <laughs> we're so, yeah. so, so gangster. up the computer and
1: throw it across the. Yeah, I don't. That would not be cool. Um, I
0: don't think that really fixes the problem we're having.
1: <laughs> no, no. That's uh, classic classic moment of um acting on impulse that makes you feel good for a split second and then you realize oh my gosh that
0: was $2000. Yeah, look um, at that. Just like sin.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh anyway, so that that sermon to me was um just a killer sermon. So if you I mean you can you can find it pretty easy um just I mean if you got on YouTube and searched Ligonier 2021 steve lawson right there were only two uh sermons that he gave and one of them is pretty obviously the one that i am
0: talking about we're talking about yep all right
1: but okay so the the uh other question right the other question is this and this comes from you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you which family member asks these questions because one of them um has the potential of getting one of my family members in trouble. So <clears throat> uh it, it the the first question interesting, um, you'll interesting you'll learn it. about that. You'll learn about that in uh the the fourth episode in this month. Uh so the first question is this. Is there a correct
0: form of apologetics? And why is why is presuppositional apologetics the right answer? No. Uh yeah, sure. <laughs> I so we were talking about this before we started pushing record record. So this will this will show you everyone sort of where I'm at on this. I'm not I'm not an apologist, but the only apologetics I do know is presuppositional apologetics, which uh, just basically operates out of this idea that I am coming to you with this assumption, with this belief that the Word of God is the Word of God. So I'm not having to I'm not proving it to you. I'm just saying this is the this is the truth, and then going. From that into sort of um, reasoning with you um, just about general morality, really, and then about who God is and what he's done. So I, I know there's other forms of apologetics. I didn't look them up, but I think presuppositional apologetics is sort of the, at least for now, in our time that we're at, um, the general sort of default. I know there's some people that don't like it. I do. I am in a group chat with a few people, um, and one of the guys has sort of talked about how he doesn't like presuppositional Presuppo- presu- I can't say the word, presuppositional apologetics because um, uh, of sort of how off-putting it is to some people that he's I ta- like atheists and whatnot when he enters into conversation sure. with them because uh, the assumption being that the Word of God is the basis of all authority. So, um, but I, I, that's pretty much all I know about it as far as some people's dislike of it. I just don't see the point of not arguing from a presuppositional method because if if you're gonna say the word of God is the authority and over all things, like why would I back up even further <laughs> to see that mm-hmm. ground when I'm talking to you about it? Um and I think it's fairly I mean, like I said, I've never had any issue when I'm not that again, as I've already stated, I'm not an apologist in the formal expertise sense. I think we're all apologists as Christians, but I've never had an issue with it when I'm addressing people and talking to people about it, but as far as reasoning with them. So,
1: yeah, so um what the, so I want to say one thing and then maybe and then maybe we could get into uh maybe a brief definition of so yeah. because some of these some folks who are going to hear this uh, and watch it, I'm I'm assuming um people have heard the term apologetics. Um, but, but maybe not a lot of people have heard even the, the terms of some of the different kinds of apologetics. So, um, it might actually be new to you, <laughs> the whole idea in the first place, um, mm. that there are lots of different methods, uh, out there and there are lots. Uh, well, yeah, I
0: just looked it up. Holy cow. There. There's a lot of them.
1: Did you look, are you looking at, um, Nelson?
0: Yes, I am. That's exactly where I'm, yeah. I'm on number twenty-five, and there's just keep going. I don't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They they have twenty-eight listed here, but the in the last paragraph it kind of lumps some of them together and gives just yeah, a few okay. broad categories, which is helpful. But, um, so but anyway, but before we get into apologetics, uh, we should we should kind of maybe just preface that conversation with, um with a a thought or two, one being uh, apologetics is something that is commanded in scripture that, uh, Peter, um, tells the, the believer to always be ready to give a defense of the faith, right. Or to to give a defense of the hope that is in you. Um, and so there's, there's actually a mandate in the scriptures for, um, for the Christian to be able to defend Christ um, and the faith, and um, and so that's that's why apologetics um, is important. That's that's uh, why it's a uh, um, a thing that needs to be thought about and talked about in the first place. Um, and and secondly, um, apologetics is is not going to, nor has it ever saved anyone. So that's important to realize and remember too, because so often when I see people engage in any sort of a whether it's on YouTube or whatever, when you see people engage in apologetics, um, you 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 can tell the difference between someone who is just um, uh, with all their might attempting to convince the the unbeliever um, of God and the gospel and all this stuff. Um, and and the person who is simply giving some answers to something as they lead them to the gospel, the actual truth, the the truth that actually you know, um, and so the the reason for apologetics isn't uh, isn't and cannot be for us um, so that we can convince them and they'll uh, be saved by our. Uh, arguments right um uh, that that is always an act of god which we'll get into in another question so um but so with that being said though um apologetics uh presuppositional apologetics which is what you were talking about what what is that do you is there a a brief definition you could give for that well since you're looking at it on that screen well
0: i gotta pull it up now again uh (laughs) My, my working definition of presuppositional apologetics, which I cannot seem to find. Oh, here we go. Presuppositional apologetics in general is the view. uh, I'm sorry. It says that our reason hold on what in the world here i gotta find the actual okay i can't go off the definition there's so many other definitions built into this based on the other ones that they noted in this article so presuppositional apologetics to my understanding (laughs) is that i am presuming that the scriptures are uh the foundation and then there i'm working out of that preposition uh, presupposition that the scriptures are the foundation. So everything I, mo- mainly in presuppositional apologetics from what I've seen and how I exercise at least is a lot of referring back to the scriptures, uh, a lot of pointing to Bible verses, a lot of pointing to what is said in scripture, not only necessarily, um, the verses, but also just kind of the historical context and culture as well. Um, and working through that. And again, it's all built on, it's in the name presuppositional um this idea that I'm presuming that this is the basis of that, and then everything flows from that, which is why some people don't like it because their argument is that if I'm arguing with an atheist that doesn't believe that, then that's kind of pointless then because at that point they're not operating from the same starting point, and because of that, the argument or the discussion or argument or whatever doesn't really get that far because we're starting from two different planets, which. There's some merit to that because whenever you are discussing, this is even true when you're talking to uh, what I would define as like progressive Christians. This is why those arguments are also a little odd because you're not starting from the same starting point. So whenever you you know operate from that apologetic, sometimes it's, um, it it can be a little difficult because of that. So, but that's my definition. Yeah, Hopefully, um, I'm right. Yeah, I think. It,
1: it really flows from the, um, I think first and foremost, it flows from the text to, um, and Romans one. Um, there's the idea that, uh, well, not the idea, the truth that, um, well, I'm just going to read a couple of verses real quick. Um, beginning in verse 18, right? The, the, the part that gets a lot of, uh. Christians in trouble with the LGBTQ thing, but before mm-hmm. that, in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what, was, uh, through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give uh, thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And then it goes on. Um, and so this, this, those few verses are really um, uh, one of the main um, presuppositions, I think, within presuppositional apologetics. And that is that um, even the atheist, Okay, or the agnostic, which, which even uh, more so, uh, the, the atheist uh, makes a claim that the God of the Bible doesn't exist. Okay, um, the the agnostic m- makes a claim, uh, right, they, they, they're not sure, they don't, you know, they can't prove anything, they can't, you know. Um, uh, but But Romans says explicitly that, no, no, everybody knows, everybody knows. That God exists. Um, everybody knows that He's there. They are without excuse. It's not as if He's hiding from mm-hmm. anyone, and that's the that's the sort of foundation of this idea that um, that uh, I I don't necessarily have to present you with all kinds of evidence for God to exist or for the Bible to be true or for this or for that, or all oh, evolution isn't real and all the, we don't actually have to engage in all of that because they already know. Like that's the, that's the idea. Right. And then, and then you move into um, the actual tactic of, of presuppositional apologetics. But, um, but really I i think, I think it boils down to um. So I guess in one way, in my mind, uh, every every um, apologetic form is presuppos- presuppositional in nature at some level because they all have presuppositions behind them. It's just yeah. that the thing that we think about as presuppositional apologetics is uh, the, the, the presupposition uh, is what what we've already talked about. And that's the the coined presuppositional apologetics that's that's kind of what it what it is and so um but the the other uh, other ones essentially all the rest of them are th- uh, the the opposite take on it in, in which you present evidence or rationale of some sort to them and, and have debate and argument and that sort of thing but well say
0: something? yeah well i think part of it is that um when you're discussing something with somebody, anyway, it always comes back down to figuring out where they're coming from in the first place, and, uh, discovering their yeah. their own presupposition on the matter. I mean, so there are going to be um, in every discussion you have with somebody in with whether it be like more of a formal setting or just your back and forth with somebody at work. There and when this is happening again, like I said, I think we're all apologists. I mean, and you've already know like this is every Christian's job which the idea is just to do it well. And obviously we have these categories for apologetics and, you know, all these different approaches, but at the end of the day, it's not like, I don't know if we need 28 (laughs) different names as much as we just need to say, Hey, like, are you engaging? And then when you engage, recognize, just like recognize kind of how you're approaching it. And the funny thing is that's going to differ for everybody you talk to. I mean, so there's guys at work that I've talked to that have, a pretty, you know, intense background in church um, that I'm going to approach differently. I mean, those guys don't go to church anymore, but they have a pretty good background in it. So knowing that, I'm going to approach that a bit differently. Even with, so just to give an example of two of them, some of them have like a very much more fundamentalist background, whereas some of them have more of a Pentecostal background. So even when I'm approaching those guys, I have to approach them differently. Um, and then there's atheists and agnostics and all sorts of people at work. But this is where, like, relationally you fill out, okay, what is their background? What is their belief system? Apologetics for me, a lot of it, and I'm sure it's like this for everybody, it's just sort of figuring out where that other person is coming from so that then I can yeah. properly really, properly find an in-road to approach what I'm really trying to get at, which is Jesus and who he is and what he's done. And a lot of the time, I've got to figure out what, like, what walls am I coming up against and having to crawl over to get to that, to find out what your definition of some of these words are. Um, Because we live in an age where, like, I mean, gosh, how many backgrounds do people have? I mean, there's no two people are the same. So then, you know there's all sorts of, I mean, again, you could go through the whole list of apologetics uh, names and approaches. And I think those in a formal sense, like if I'm debating someone, that would be like super helpful. Um, but when I'm just talking to somebody on a day to day, the, the approach is like, all right, where are you coming from? What is your background? What is your definition? Um, and then working from that, like, all right. And then again, like you said, I think the most helpful thing there is that, we're, we all have presuppositions and we're all working from those. So like knowing that and then approaching it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think,
1: so It what, what you said, something you said is, is really important to the conversation. And we, I kind of barely hinted at it before when, when I was talking about um, the couple of things before we get into it, but um, the the idea of apologetics in any fashion, um, at the end of the day, is that we um, that we get to the gospel. Like because if if that's not the point of apologetics, then there isn't a good one. Um, that that should be the point. Um, the thing that really leads into. <laughs> uh, all conversations that we have with, with unbelievers. Um, I mean, the the hope is that to some, at some point get there. Now there are all kinds of um, different philosophies and um, uh, lines of thinking about that point being, if, if you're not attempting to get to the gospel, then, um, then what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the, Um, so presuppositional apologetics, one of, I I think that one of the reasons it's the most helpful is because, um, or let, let me rephrase that. One of the reasons that I think it makes the most sense is because, um, every Christian is called to give a defense, to be able to give a defense of their faith. Correct? Right from Scripture? Correct. Yes. Um, How many Christians have the ability or capacity or even time to learn all of the answers to all of these ridiculous questions that come up Um, so uh, let's just say, um, uh, evolution or the age of the earth or the flood, like some of those really pretty basic questions, right. From unbelievers that, that you get all the time. Um, how many Christians are super fluent in that? Right. Yeah. I mean, not a a level that you could, that you could actually debate someone. Um, not a lot. Right. I mean. That's that's I think one of the, um, one of the difficulties with the whole thing because um, because you we're called to be able to make a defense of the faith, um, and at the very same time uh, we aren't able to
0: make a defense of the faith. <laughs> if, well, yeah, if, if that's what we're talking about. You have so well, so this is, I mean, this is me up until what 10 years ago, or maybe 15 if I'm being really generous with myself. This idea of like, well, you know, why is this, that, or the other? So, the questions that you ask, right? The you know, the flood, uh, sin, hell. Um, the general idea would be, well, the Bible says so, okay, well, where? Well, I don't know, but I'll Google it, I'll ask my pastor, and you just don't have, and then not that this is the whole reason for the enormous deconstruction movement we see going on now, but I think it is a part of it is that you, you have two storms sort of coming together into a tornado of terribleness, which is you have illiterate believers not knowing even how to even begin having discussions on this. And then you also have, um, Pastors and churches that maybe didn't, maybe underestimated the value of training people up in a way that helped them do this well. So now you have um, a, a lot of your sermons that you have because of the seeker sensitive movement, which I have an enormous problem with, is that you have a lot of more surface level things that are talked about, but the deeper issues aren't. And then now you have people that are discipled in how to have a good marriage, but not how to (laughs) give a defense for, for the faith. And, um, and you have a, a pretty big falling away because then you do have people that have written a lot of books that are very educated, um, not educated, not in the sense that they're necessarily right, but they're very convincing, um that come out and be like well for example hell's not real i mean that's just one that's in the forefront of my mind and then you have believers that don't know how to counter that haven't been trained or taught as far as like jewish views on the afterlife or how early believers believe this or what their answers were and so because of the Bucket of information from the other side and nothing coming out of the tap on the other, you're just drowned in. You're like, Well, okay, you must be right then because no one gave me an answer for this. Um, and you have the unfortunate outcomes of that, which I think is why apologetics and discipleship sort of tied together there is so important because you're gonna have people that ask these questions in and outside of the church. And if you're not equipping them for that, believe me, there are plenty of people that are happy to inundate people with information that is full of half truths, um, in order to, to sway them to a different direction. Um, and if they don't have any, I mean, if you're running into a battle naked, you're going to die. (laughs) So it's just like, what do you expect to happen? Which I think is why apologetics Mm -hmm. is important. And why currently I do think we see sort of a resurgence of apologetics and the importance of that right now. Um, what does that organization stand for truth or something? I forget exactly what it is and stand to reason, stand to reason, I think is why they're doing like, they've kind of popped off a little bit because people are looking and they sort of are one of the more forefront organizations that are really trying to train, yeah. especially youth. And they have a whole youth thing, um, train yeah. people our, how to do youth, apologetics. Our youth
1: have gone to that conference a few times actually, and they're going again in October.
0: So. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they're doing good work in that regard of saying, "Hey, here's something we were lacking in. Let's sort of make a big push for it because it is important so
1: yeah, yeah, and um so presuppositional apologetics isn't the only answer right um and and, like you were talking about earlier the um one of the one of the things that you have to do as a believer. Um, so one of the arguments, let let me say this, one of the arguments against presuppositionalism, um, uh, would, would be that, uh, but look at what Paul did, right? He, he looked at the context he was in, he, um, uh, saw the, the tribute statue, uh, idol essentially to the unknown God, um, and, and then worked, uh, with that framework, um, so uh, that's that's one of the one of the arguments against that you'll that you'll run into. Um, however, I think that uh, the important thing is to understand what you alluded to earlier is that you you can't just run in cold to um, every conversation. Like one of your presuppositions can't be that you know exactly everything about that person how to speak to them how they're going to take it if you're going you know um so when someone asks a uh apologetics an apologetics question um age of the earth whatever you can pretty much tell by their mannerisms by the, just with some basic discernment ability, their, their mannerisms, the, the, uh, tone of the question, um, you can pretty much tell if they're baiting you, if they actually hate you and they want to, uh, or if it's a sincere, like, I, I just don't understand, you know, the, the argument or what. and in that case, yeah, let's talk about the evidence for that. Um, and, and what we have, um, but but it should always lead back like you should always at some point if you're if you're going to talk about evidence at all you should always be able to lead back to but that's actually the, the 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 difficulty that you're having with that is actually not your problem the the problem that you have is a moral problem it's a problem that that you the the scriptures say that you know god everybody knows god and that you uh, are suppressing the truth that that's what that god there's evidence for god everywhere um and so anyway like i th- i think that there's a place let me say it that way there there is a place for some evidential um uh, apologetic uh framework but but it should always essentially in in my mind it should always lead back to um Presuppositional apologetics or uh, expository apologetics, kind of a thing. Like it should, it should always lead back to the word, because the word tells us that they
0: know. So, just to kind of interject yeah, yeah, yeah. there, I think yeah. even if you are using Paul as an example, Mars Hill, all of that, you have even though he says, "Hey, here is a statue to an unknown god," and you worship them, and then he automatically takes it back to, "Hey, that's that's Jesus." <laughs> and and then leads back to the old testament where god has preordained where you are and you know the 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 boundaries in which you're set so really what he does i mean he just says hey this thing over here that you're worshiping amongst everything else and you're not sure who that is really uses that just as a doorway in to hey this god that you this unknown god hey that's actually jesus hey you know who jesus is He's the God of the creation that made all things and then uses that as sort of a doorway, which I think, again, (laughs) in my uneducated opinion, is still presuppositional apologetics in regards to saying, like, all I'm doing is using this as a door to say, hey... This thing in that really, this question you're asking does tie into the scriptures, whether you know it or not. Which is exactly what you just said. Which is this idea of like, I'm just saying. So you, oh, so what you have a marriage problem? Maybe if we want to go real basic, right? Well, that marriage problem is probably because you're not operating within the design that God has set forth for marriage. Yada yada yada. Let's go back to the scriptures. Um, mm-hmm. it's, so I think it all for me again i'm not educated in this or an expert in this but uh it all goes back to this presuppositional because even paul on mars hill arguing makes a pretty direct line from this thing that you guys know about over to here or even when he quotes philosophers they know uh, he automatically anchors that in what you've already talked about with romans like you know the truth you're just not sure of where it's coming from um so i think i mean we all that that's a great example I think of how to do apologetics if you want to throw all the titles out like what's the best one or whatever is the idea of saying what's the end where does it connect to the scriptures and then let's talk about who Jesus is based upon that yeah so
1: yeah my my presupposition always happen like my presupposition always has to be that um God is God that he has spoken in his word um, that his word includes the 66 books of the Bible that we carry, the Old and the New Testaments, um, and that that those 66 books by miraculous means that only God could have pulled off are exactly what he wanted to say, written by the pens of men, and that because of that, because it's God-breathed god um, breathed because of that, it's it's infallible. It's perfect. It's inerrant. It is without uh, contradiction. So where I so that presupposition leads me as a Christian to like when I see something in Scripture that goes, "Huh, that looks like a contradiction, right?" Um, so uh, my my response to that can't be, "Oh, well, it contradicts itself." It can't be my response to that is always and it just is it, it my my personal response when i see things like that in the scriptures is not to assume oh man what do i do about this my response is how am i to understand this um what what is it actually saying um in men's bible study just yesterday morning um we're in romans and uh, we're in chapter two, and there's a point when uh, he's he's essentially saying nobody has an excuse. Um, uh, and, and he references uh, um, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then the very next sentence, the very next phrase is, for God is impartial, like God is not partial. And so you have a distinction made with the Jew first and also the Greek. And then the very next phrase says that God is not partial. Like... So as as an unbeliever you might read that and go this this is a contradiction like one right after the other what do you you know but as the christian i look at that and say okay well what's he saying right um christian well just have as begin with that presupposition
0: that's just someone that reads literature. No, if you're being genuine with a, any letter, even if you're not talking about romance, you're not gonna look. I mean, just Harry Potter. You're not going to like pull it up and be like, "Well, uh, J.K. Rowling, when she wrote this, had cognizant dissonance," and she did no, it's literature. <laughs> you deal with it as you would it In that regard, you're saying, "Okay, well, clearly, what did he mean here when he wrote it?" That's the crazy thing that even people. That deal with uh they're like, well, you know I don't even i I can't think of an argument I've heard recently, but the idea being really behind it is that well, you know he these in your example specifically, let's go to that he's he's contradicting himself, and I'm going, how do you read everything else then like you you're you're coming so partial to the Bible that you're not even able to see that you wouldn't approach any other literature this way, whether you think it's you know inerrant or not is beyond that. That's a secondary question at that point. You're just saying like, like just read it and you <laughs> use good, just reading comprehension. And I'm terrible at that. And I know that you read good, compre- read, you reading comprehension to say, okay, well clearly he's trying to say something here. What is he saying? So I'm sorry. I just had to break in and no, say that yeah. because I think oftentimes people just don't use good reading comprehension when approaching the text. And we bring so many lenses to it that, whether, you know, sometimes you love it so much you're not even able to critique it, and then other times you hate it so much that that's all you want to do. And if you've yeah. got to come to it honestly and say, look, if there is something here that needs to be reasoned through, I need to be able to be honest enough to do it, whichever side I'm coming from, and get to that. Um, but anyway, that, that always strikes me as hilarious, is that some people on either side are like just completely unable (laughs) to use reading comprehension when approaching the text.
1: Yeah. um, Well, and I think, I mean, most of the time when someone's reading a book, um, I I think a lot of times people just assume truth. Um, So like if I'm reading some sort of history book about the 14th century or whatever, and it's just some history book or the writings of so-and-so, I'm automatically doing that kind of thing. I, I'm I'm assuming that this is true, or if it's like uh, uh, a set of letters written from somebody to somebody else, you 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 know the the setting, you know the context, you like from the get go, and you treat it as such. But the scriptures, nobody does that. <laughs> Same thing um, to to them and. Um, so uh, like I, I, think that um, if I if I was gonna sum things up, if I were gonna sum things up, um, in in my mind, um, presuppositional apologetics is the the best form of apologetics as far as I'm concerned. Now, the the way that some people play that. Um, so it doesn't mean that every person that, that exercises presuppositional apologetics does it well or effectively, or with, um, a heart of flesh (laughs) and not like a heart of attacking them just to call them fools. Um, uh, however, um, as far as tactic, it seems to me to make the most sense, even if you begin briefly with some sort of um, evidential moment where you say, "Well, I, I can answer that question easily. It's this," but that's not really your your core problem. The core problem that you and every other human has is blah 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 gospel, right? <laughs> um, and so that's that would be my, I guess, two cents. If that's a if that's worth two cents, but.
0: No, well, and I would agree. I think anytime we're approaching it, I think sometimes people get hung up on the big word apologetics and they're just like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. Um, And I think at the end of the day, just ignore, if that's the issue, ignore the word and just say, okay, well, like how are you engaging with people for the gospel then? That's apologetics. So um, go ahead and um, I think as believers, just say, how do I approach people? How can I learn to do this better? And at the end of the day, how can I do it ultimately for the glory of God and the expansion of his kingdom? And that be your goal. You're not going to be good at it all the time. There's going to be times that you absolutely suck at it. And that's okay. Like just approach people with the gospel and reason with them. And part of that is you learning to reason with yourself through things, being okay that you're not going to know all the answers, and then engaging anyway. There are a lot, and, and here's the thing: the more conversations you get in with people, the better you're gonna be at this. Because what you're gonna see, like you alluded to earlier, you're gonna get the same questions over and over and over again. <laughs> like there's not there's yeah. not a whole like a huge Rolodex <laughs> of things that people have. It's usually the basic like twelve or so. And as you engage in them, you're gonna learn more. You're gonna get better at this. You're going to be able to really foundation like sort of solidify your belief system on them and therefore be able to communicate them better um and secondly that's sort of in this going back to what you said earlier you have to realize that the reasoning is not the things that save somebody god may very well use the 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 reasoning to plant a seed of faith in someone that initially leads to that eventually leads to salvation but there's no argument that's going to save anybody's soul um It's, it's just that thought process and I'll end with this. (laughs) My goal is never to change anybody's mind. It's just to get them thinking about something Mm. because if I can get you thinking about it, I can live in your head rent-free forever. Uh, because that's going to be the thing that's going to, you're going to have to deal with, uh, not proving me wrong, not sounding smarter, but you're going to have to at least answer the question. Um, And so if I can get you thinking about something, that's my goal. If I can get you ultimately thinking about who is this Jesus and what does it have to, you know, at the intersection of what everything we're talking about, that's the goal for me um, is to get you really having to think about who Jesus is and what does that mean in regards to hell, the flood, creation, you know, whatever it is. How does Jesus intersect with that? And I think that's the ultimate goal of apologetics is to make a reason for the faith, specifically Jesus. So,
1: yeah, and um, I, I would, uh, as a very last statement from me, I want to, um, based on something that you said earlier about uh, deconstructionism and and that sort of thing, um, I I just want to encourage, not not even encourage, but just like push parents um to train your like part of part of training your children up in the way that they should go is training them up in in such a way that they're ready to engage with all of these ideas Mm -hmm. not that you necessarily have to be the expert in all of these ideas but 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 if you have uh sent your child off to college um at whatever age um and they're not ready for what at least intellectually, right? Not not every person's children are going to be Christians by the time you send them off to college. That, you know, but but if they're not at least intellectually ready to engage with the stuff they're going to be hearing, the um then then you have failed. <laughs> um and uh, you know, not that, not that it's beyond repair, you know, I mean, mean, God is gracious and merciful in all things. And, um, and he's got, uh, obviously, um, the, the power to help and and change perspectives and that sort of thing. But, um, but I, I would just say that, uh, Romans 1, 18 to 22 is an important, an important bit of scripture for parents training their children up. You, you you want to train them and and show them what they'll be confronted with, um, and at the same time, you, you want them to understand that they're only being confronted with these kind of issues mainly, at, at least from the secular point of view, from the unbelievers' standpoint. They're only asking these questions because of Romans. One eighteen to 22 um, and that it's not really the question that they need answered it's the ultimate problem that they need an answer for and that's their sin uh, against a holy god
0: all right good deal well hopefully this podcast was helpful to you thank you if you've stuck all the way to the end gold star for you what do you uh, use specifically just a question for you to maybe in the comment section below. Um, what version of apologetics do you use? Did you even know before this podcast that there were different apologetics? That'd be an interesting question. So if that is, uh, go ahead and comment below, be very interested because as you can tell, I'm not super versed in it. So that would be interesting to see where you come from. So if you liked it, go ahead and, you know, what do they call that on the YouTubes? Uh, smash the like button, <laughs> subscribe if you're not subscribed, or if you don't want to watch the, uh, R2, Um, well, it's really the standard of, of manliness. If you don't want to, if you don't want to watch our faces on YouTube, uh, you can also listen on the audio version as well on all of the platforms. Go and check that out. Yeah. If you don't want to see the beautiful beards, um, well, it's your loss, but you can listen to the car. So (laughs) we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Have a good one.
1: See ya.